from Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Apocalyptica. 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 In this episode of Burncast, the bomb and I visit Colonel Kilbuck deep inside the Camp Apocalyptica compound on the playa during Burning Man 2006. We talk with the Colonel about Burning Man, community, propaganda, bacon, his rediscovery of himself as an artist, and those damn Norwegians. Tell us what you think. Please call our listener feedback line at 206 350 1416 or email us at gmail.com. You can also leave us an audio recording by visiting our website at www.burncast.net and clicking on the My Chingo button. Oh, and for those of you wondering, I'm back from my hike and I want to interview you. So if you have a burner-related event, art project, or idea for a burncast, let us know so we can be sure to cover it. This is Chai Guy and Bomb reporting deep inside Camp Apocalyptica, Burning Man 2006. We've just been strip-searched, led into a secret room inside the camp. Blindfolded. We are blindfolded, and we are now here. Resistance is useless. You are doomed. Submit or perish. Hope for the future, but fear Apocalyptica. And we are now here sitting with the Colonel, a single light bulb hanging overhead, and we're about to conduct this interview. Thank you. Colonel, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, granting us this interview. I'm a very busy man, but uh, I've made time in my schedule to accommodate your request. I pre- and we appreciate that very, very much. Just a couple of questions for you. In my opinion, Camp Apocalyptica is probably one of the most uh, inventive, creative, unique camps ever on the playa. It's certainly one of my favorites. Just want to know, like, where did this concept come from and, and how, did it, how did it come about? There's a lot of little pieces, like, like every one of these camps. There's pieces that come together and then it just, you know, then it falls into place. It was my second burn. It was in 2004. I was camping with two friends. And we just had a very, very small little camp. And we thought, well, we'd like to, you know, we, we, we had a, one of those idiot moments. Let's say, let's start a theme camp. <laughs> and so what we did was, is we went through our minds one afternoon, just sitting out in the sun, uh, while the sun baked our brains appropriately, and uh, and thought of different ideas we could do. And one of the things we noticed was is that there's... There's so much positive <laughs> aspects of Burning Man. There's all this sun, sunshine and light and color and everything. And we 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 thought there's nothing there's nothing that's the antithesis of that. And so we thought we would try to do something that uh, was a little bit of an opposite of a lot of the things that we see. Not in its literal sense, but just in a symbolic way. Because actually, everybody in this camp is just about the best people you'd ever want to spend a burn with, and they're the friendliest people in the world. But we just thought it would be fun to do something. And we originally conceived the idea of an Apocalypse Now camp. Uh, But uh, that was a little bit... You know, well, you know, (laughs) you know, there was all the jungle stuff, and people would be killing themselves on punji sticks, and (laughs) and uh, yeah, it was then the the Cambodian food. We couldn't scratch that together. So, (laughs) so my 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 partner in in forming the camp, uh, Helitech, coined the uh, the the name Apocalyptica, and we liked that because um, do do you know the origin of the word apocalypse? No. No. What does it What does it mean to you? Uh, Total destruction, Mm -hmm. annihilation. That's what world. that's what most people think of when they think of uh, the word apocalypse. But actually, if you go back to uh, the origin of the word, it comes from the Greek, and the origin of the word means revelation. 
or to reveal things that are hidden. Mm, interesting. Like and, yes, right, exactly. And and so that was perfect because it, it, it the root meaning of the word isn't literally the end of the world. The root meaning of the word is revelation, to reveal things. The end of ignorance. The end of ignorance, right. It's wonderful. And so we thought, that's it. We've got Camp Apocalyptica. And then we took on... We, we went through various iterations of how we would do this, and we wanted to do a military theme because we didn't see too much of that out here. <laughs> uh, not that we're uh, necessarily militaristic people. Not all of us. Well, not all of us, but uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's our uh, political advisor in the background there, uh, Comrade, Comrade uh, Lex. And so we uh, we kind of took on a, a little bit of a neo-sovietsky sort of theme you know we have a lot of so you're riffing on the uh, yeah. concept of apocalypse sure absolutely we're t we're making fun of it the best way to make fun of things uh, well best way to deal with things that you're afraid of is make fun of it I think we're going to eventually find that we're going to win this so-called war on terrorism is that we're gonna we're gonna do it by 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 playing with it by accepting it and uh, and 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 ridiculing it, making fun of it, which is uh, which is what we're starting to be able to do now. But it's a, it's the whole idea of of just just playing with things that are are uh, you know apparently negative and apparently dark side and so forth. But it's been a lot of fun. We're having we're having a ball with it. Well, speaking of playing with things, you guys have really taken propaganda to an art form both literally and figuratively and I'm wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on kind of the propaganda that goes along with this camp which is something that I really hadn't seen before mm -hmm. with any other camp I mean it was something that I think you guys practically invented and, and, <laughs> and elevated it to, to an art form in terms of just promotion of your of yourself via the uh, message board well sure I mean the the the, the I the we have uh, on our website, apocalyptica.com, uh, a thing that's called the Hall of Truth Poster Collection. We now have well over 500 entries. People from all over the world have been sending us uh, digital imaged graphic posters that we've posted on there. We got them on, we're, we're going on to three pages now. Wow. And a lot of it started out with my taking old Soviet propaganda posters and, and modifying them. The very first ones I did, I found this poster of this woman, the Soviet poster of this woman who's working in a factory. Mm. And it's this extolling position. She's got her arms up just like the man. She's in this exalting position with the smokestacks in the background belching out smoke and the factories pumping out locomotives and tractors. And she has this look of ecstasy on her face and on her hands are these welding gloves that look just like oven mitts and so i modified it i used a cyrillic type and and and, and made it oven mitts for the masses and that's why we we that started this whole damn oven mitt thing you know we all carry oven mitts we use them as holsters and beer cozies and trash bins and moot pockets and you know places to carry our cameras and my god we've got oven mitt bras and it, it, it just it keeps going on, and I keep meet, meeting people across the playa. They're saying, "I got my oven mitt, man." <laughs> <laughs> totally meaningless, totally absurd. But <laughs> but isn't that what this is all about, too? I love the absurdity of life, and uh, well, it really started taking off from there. And uh, personally, myself, I have to say that you know, in our own country, we've we've experienced the resurgence of of, of political propaganda and uh, exposing it. Uh, too for its absurdity is mm. is uh, and making fun of it is the best way to deal with it 
because you you you, you take its clothes off and you show how you know how how foolish it really is that people can't think for themselves people can't make up their own minds you know since 9/11 good heavens and people were 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 afraid to say anything afraid to to oppose an idea and now people are beginning to say the emperor has no clothes mm. yeah and uh and and maybe we have been deceived you know, so you know the the propaganda is alive and well <laughs> make fun of it you know show its absurdity right. reveal the you know the king has no clothes excellent the thing that, I, that one of the things that I just wanted to say too that one of the reasons why I love this camp so much is that it really it kind of defies the the different um, the phenotypes of camps that we've seen in the past. It's not this isn't a dance camp. It's not. It's we're, not a we're a doom camp. You're yeah, doom we're camp. a doom camp, right? Yeah. And you guys are actually creating. You're creating art. You're creating theater. I'm gonna sound a little funny. I'm just eating some bacon. <laughs> bacon, a part of this complete breakfast. Bacon. Yeah. Well, mm, it's good bacon. Too. <laughs> Is there bad bacon? <laughs> it's really, it's really crispy. It's very good. Crispy. Well, uh, there's a lot of party camps, and and there's art camps. And um, we're, we're what, are, what are we? What are we? <laughs> that is the question. Good question. Um, I don't know. I sort of like to think of of, um, of 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 the idea of making a camp an installation in itself is, is a neat thing. And I've seen some beautiful ones that I'm very very envious of. And and I, I appreciate your 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 saying that you know your your feelings about this camp. But I just I just think that we've we've only we've only really begun. <laughs> We're going to try to uh, uh, team up next year with some other camps, with Bar Camp and and several others in Verboten, and see if we can start villaging. Because we're having a lot of fun. We've made nice. a lot of great alliances with uh, people in other camps. That are, and, and, and we've all tried to get close by this year. But we, we also, um, the Jellyfish, uh, kind of an art, artistic, artistic, artistic partner, and I... We brought out Miniman last year, and Miniman is now being assembled as we speak uh, on the side of our, our, our plaza here. And he was a huge hit last year. And mostly because of that, we were able to get a grant this year to help us out build Mantis, mm. which is a 12-foot-tall praying mantis. And it was it was a real thrill to see on the front of the uh, uh, the, the city map uh, <laughs> a mantis on there. That was absolutely a thrill. We didn't we didn't know that was going to be coming. To me. Um, gosh, to me, uh, this is the reason I come out here is because of the art. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, yesterday I had the chance finally to get out and drive my tactical minivan with its trailer out, out to the open playa to go out and start seeing the art because it's it's fantastic. You know, this didn't start out as an art event. It didn't start out as an art event. It started out as a party <laughs> event. And it, and it evolved into an art event. But it evolved very quickly into an but art event. Evolved, well, be careful. You don't, you know. It around a piece of art, though. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, but the whole uh, the whole idea of participation in that art is, is becoming greater and greater. And that's, you know, uh, that's, that's what it's all about for me. I mean, yeah. I... I and I and I credit this event for rekindling and restarting for me something that has laid dormant for 25 years. Wow. I was a professional artist 25 years ago, and I and I left it for a safe job with um, you know a regular paycheck and benefits. 
and uh, this year or next, uh, I'm, I'm finally going to get back to being an artist again full time. And great. It, it was when I came out here for the first time in 2003, I looked at this and I said, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing? I've got to get back to this. I've got to, I've, you know, this is this is who I am. And this last year especially has just been an explosion. I'm back into galleries. I'm doing shows. I've been in events all over the place. And and I'm finally starting to get back to what, you know, my calling is. And that is being an artist. I, I think one of the most exciting moments or the, the most moving moments for me in the last nine years I've been coming to this event was the moment last year when Minnie Man approached his father mm -hmm. yeah, and asked his father to acknowledge him. <laughs> I was so totally blown away by that. I don't, and I, I think everybody who was there and witnessed it was uh, completely in awe of But of there was that. a very small group of people out there that <laughs> night. It was on Tuesday night. We had just brought Minnie Man out for the first time. It was a beautiful night, starlit, air was calm, and it was about 8.30. And one of our camp members uh, with DPW had been out here for about a week and a half before the event started working. We just happened to bump into Larry Harvey and said, you know, we got this idea that we'd like to, you know, uh, do this thing with Mini Man and the Man and so forth. And, and he explained the whole thing and he thought he was going to get this whole, you know, tortise back at him. And <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, I, you know, of course I wasn't there, but he said, uh, Mr. Harvey said, yeah, talk to so-and-so and we'll make it happen. And that was that. Uh, and he was excitedly called us back. Well, we had absolutely no idea that this was actually going to be pulled off. So we didn't tell a word to anybody. Because you don't want to be embarrassed in that way. <laughs> so we went out there and we walked in circles around the man and so forth. And it, supposedly he was going to turn towards our camp and flash his lights on and off. Well, he was fashionably late. And David, uh, Mr. Jellyfish was wearing uh, uh, Miniman at the time. And he was yelling, why don't you talk to me? <laughs> Bitching at his father and so forth. <laughs> and suddenly the lights in the man started to go out and he went dark and then Mini Man went dark. And it was like this, this fabulous moment that we had. Yeah. And there was this tiny little group of people that were there and nobody else, nobody around the city probably noticed it, but it was the moment that we were waiting for to actually have an interaction with the symbol of this event. Yeah. And uh, it was a real precious moment to us, yeah, even though sure. there was only maybe a dozen and a half people out at the man at that particular time. And as far as I know, that's the first that's the first time I'd ever really seen art interact with the man in that fashion. Many people have told me that. I, yeah. I don't know that for sure. But I mean, uh, later on that week, I saw the flower. The flower, Late, yeah. Oh was, yeah. That was later on in the week. I don't think that. I don't. I think you know, it, it, you superseded the flower by a day. Miracle grow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, if you eating more bacon, eating more bacon, mm -hmm. I'm, gonna let, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him chew while I ask the next question. Mm -hmm. uh, what I wasn't I've been on a hike for the last five months, so I've kind of I've been somewhat out of the loop. But I was wondering if you could explain a little bit about this uh, this war that you have going on with Camp Herring. Oh yes, well every year we select a new official enemy uh, for Apocalyptica. I mean, if if, if you're going to be tyrannical despots, you have to have an enemy. I mean, if, if you're going to if you're going to take total charge, you have to have people that are against you, you know, people that are trying to get you, because that's because fear is the way that you know leaders generally, you know, most uh, tyrants uh, get control of people. They do it by fear. So we have to have an enemy, 
Well, last year we had the UN peacekeepers. They're still somewhat active. They come in here and do midnight raids and steal things. And we have to go back and do firefights with, with them at the International Burner Hostel and get our stuff back. Uh, but but uh, we also, but our official enemy this year is Herring Camp. And the, uh, the Herring Camp is made up of Norwegians. They are called the Wires. And uh, they, uh, there they are. There's a, there's a okay. postcard. Uh, L-wire, barbed wire, live wire, tap wire, hot wire, and fire wire <laughs> from Norway. And the... Uh, no guy wire? Uh, no, there's no guy wire. No. <laughs> guy wire couldn't make it. No, he got, he got, he got hung up. <laughs> so, so, oh, there we go. You haven't said the word yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't said the word yet. <laughs> the secret word. Uh, yeah, we, we selected the uh, the herrings, and we've had quite an uh, an e-playa uh, war with the herrings, uh, graphics war with them. I don't know how many posts we've we've got on this thing, but it just went to you know twenty, forty, I don't know, fifty thousand or something hits <laughs> on this thing. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, so well, they they actually got into our camp uh, while we were helping some, somebody with a little emergency last night, and uh, managed to swipe our giant oven mitt. Fuckers. Our five and a half foot tall, seven hundred and fifty megaton oven mitt. That's pretty good. So uh, we're, respect we're your yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get that back. But we captured their flag. We captured the symbols of of each other's camp. So uh, actually, the war is gonna come to an end uh, actually tonight. There's gonna be a treaty. Yes, uh, we have a negotiated truce. The the great state dinner and diplomatic truce will be taking place here tonight, uh, around seven or so after sunset, and we'll we'll bury the hatchet probably in each other's heads. And, uh, <laughs> but it's been a great a, a great amount of fun. Uh, these guys are just are just a hoot. Uh, they have been so much fun. So we're we're looking forward to the great truce and to uh, peaceful coexistence and to the assimilation of the herrings. <laughs> Well, let's, uh, let's, I'm going to say the word because it hasn't been said. Um, mm -hmm. Could you tell me what's right with this community? No, wait a minute. Ah, the magic word. Wait a minute, I got to drink. He's got to drink now. He's got to wash down the bacon. He's got to wash down the bacon. Okay. Community. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what's right and what's wrong with this community? There's a lot right with it. Um, there's a there's a great deal right with it, and not all that much that's wrong with it. I think that what's wrong with it is the same things that's wrong with any community in any place. Ooh, front. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a thing about about Burning Man that makes it work really really well, in Black Rock City specifically, and that is that it's a temporary community. Oh. And there's a lot of futurists who've talked about the future of what mankind and cultures and community is going to evolve into. <laughs> and, and many, even going back as far as the 1950s, conceived the idea of communities uh, becoming flexible. They, 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 they come together, they disperse. Um, and they reform themselves and they evolve. And the, the old ideas of culture that held us together into tribes and into religions and into conclaves and into ethnicity are dying. 
they're dying all over the world. And it's not because anybody's killing them. You know, it's not because anybody has a, you know, an, an agenda to try to destroy them or they have some kind of vendetta against them or the idea of cultural genocide. It's because they're, they're just dying out and they're being replaced with new ways that are going to make us survive. And in the future, I, I can see that uh, communities... Ah, <laughs> my drink is getting empty here, too. <laughs> that the communities all, all around the world may actually, and this may take 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, 1,000 years, I don't know, but that they will become uh, something, something like Black Rock City, where they appear and they disappear, they form, they reform, uh, they become very, very fluid. And How about the idea of a planned community? Um, the idea of a planned community? <laughs> if we have a Black Rock City, you know, community organization, it's, oh, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> you know, those those sort of, you know, gated community Nazis that run, oh, that, that ruin your life. Well, we all have to have rules uh, to live by, and, and it, the whole idea of this place is, is to try to have as few rules as possible, but we need some rules to be able to operate by. But uh, I, I like the fact that that we, we we plan the city layout and the logistics are planned and so forth. But really, there's not a whole lot of other planning involved. You just leave it up to the rest of us to figure out how we want to plan our own little communities <laughs> around Black Rock City. Yeah, the, the planning should be as as minimal as possible. And what do you think is what do you think is wrong with this community? Like what, what are some things you think that we need to change or that you'd like to see different? Oh, there's that word again. It's coming up a lot. You didn't say it was much. One of the things that I think is is that I would like to see people kind of re redefine themselves a little bit more. Push the uh, the, the definitions of what they're doing the, the, uh, a little bit more. There's there's a there's quite a bit of staticness in in in. In, in in the city, and you see these same the same you know camp or whatever over and over and over, and uh, <clears throat> and you know I, I, I suspect I, I don't know this for sure, but I suspect that a person like Mr. Harvey is, is sort of secretly wants people to push the push the envelope a little bit, and wants people to challenge the idea of what this place is. Um, if we're not challenging it, you know, we're not going to we're not going to grow. Not maybe literally in the in the, in the spatial sense, but in the in the community sense, in the sense of how we're defining ourselves. But this is all about defining ourselves as individuals and as people and as artists and as community. And and in order to do that, you have to you have to push it a little bit. You have to stretch it a little bit and uh, take some risks. And and I'd like to see a lot more of that. I, I, I'm disappointed in the way the media treats this event, and they, they, you know, and, and it, it's so it's so typical. You know, I, I mentioned Burning Man to people who've never been here before, and they say, "Oh, it's that place where people run around naked all the time." It's like, <laughs> it's like well, you know, ninety probably ninety five percent don't. 
you know, and people, and they, they just focus on the sort of sensational, sort of uh, commercial, com- mar- commercially marketable aspects of, of what the event is, and never get down to what, what people feel about it, and the way they they see the direction of of, uh, of community going, the direction, the direction of art going, but basically, as far as media. I'd prefer that they just leave us alone, <laughs> you know, and pay attention to, you know, Tom Cruise and, you know, and all those people that, you know, and what Tiny Tim's recording now. Uh, but I, basically, I'd, I'd prefer for them to leave us alone if they can't, you know, if, if they can't listen to what we want to say. Yeah. So this year's theme is hopes and fear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was wondering if you had, like, to share any hopes and fears for this planet that we're living on, this, this community that we're living in, mm-hmm. or this event that you were attending? Well, uh, <laughs> what's the official party line? The official party line is that doom and fear is the new hope. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Fear is, yeah, fear, it's new hope. We got we got a little sign hanging above our gateway. It says, abandon hope. You know, just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's... Uh, uh, doom to us uh, is... is is something it, it's not necessarily a negative thing <laughs> because we're all doomed we're, we're gonna die we're not getting out of this alive it's what we leave behind really is the most important thing and that's the hope that's the hope that's that's out there when i look at at, at this event and a lot of the people that i see here many people out in in the default world might say oh god we are doomed if these people are going to be in charge of the future and i and i look at these people and i say if these people are in charge of the future, that gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> that gives me a lot of hope. Well, Colonel, I salute you. And uh, just before we sign off, be here, sure to be sure to click your heels when you do that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Very good. And and before before we leave here, though, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, push that last piece of bacon in your mouth. <laughs> Actually, it's fried bread. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to. Uh, promote any propaganda that you might have, send out any coded messages to the troops behind the enemy lines. Well, I would I would like to um, make people aware that Burning Man is an extreme danger. <laughs> there is a threat out there which is cunning, decisive. They could strike at any moment. <laughs> they are wily, they are slippery, and they have fins. And they are Norwegians. The greatest threat to Black Rock City and to the Burning Man event is the Norwegians themselves. And you have seen it. You have seen creeping Scandinavian influence in Burning Man over the last few years. And we need to rid Black Rock City of the Norwegian scourge. These people hate freedom. These people hate freedom and they love herrings. And if these people win, all we're going to have is goddamn fish to eat. And and what's going to happen to bacon? Bacon is in danger. Ladies and gentlemen, bacon is in danger. So we want you to do your part to be Norwegian free. Okay? Uh, and, and you've noticed the threats, of course. You know, at, okay, the Portageons, right? Long lines at the Portageons. Why? Because the Norwegians barricade them side, themselves inside the Portageons. And so, if, if there's a long line at the Port of Johns, blame the Norwegians. This is the Blame the Norwegians campaign. All right? 
Camp Arctica, Arctica, okay? Long lines. Why? Because they're running out of ice. The Norwegians are buying up the stuff and they're spreading it around their camp to make it feel more like home. Right? Long lines of Arctica. Blame the Norwegians. Come on, it's their fault. Everything is Norwegians' fault in Black Rock City. Is, there, is Norway the axis of evil? Oh yes, yes, absolutely. As absolutely, they they have they have ties with Islamic Jihad, <laughs> with all these guys. And so, here's what you can do to to be Norwegian free: bring a naked lady everywhere you go, <laughs> because female nudity is the greatest fear of the of the Norwegian scourge. And so, if you suspect her in the presence of a Norwegian, display the naked lady in the in the direction of the suspect immediately. That should solve the problem. Now, if you left your naked lady at home, a reasonable substitute is to wear a naked Barbie around your neck. Now, the range of that is, is very limited, but it should give you enough time to get away from the Norwegians before they get you. All right, so it buys you a little bit of time. All right? Uh, we're, we're, we're actually, uh, the, the critical tits ride, we, we've, we've made special arrangements for them to sweep through every street in Black Rock City. And that's hopefully oh, wow. going to purge the city, ethnically cleanse the city <laughs> of the Scandinavian blight. So, so we're doing our part, so you do yours. You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, please visit our website, burncast.net. To contact us, please call our listener feedback line at 206-350-1416 or click on the My Chingo button at the Burncast website and leave an audio recording there. You can also drop us an email at burncast at gmail.com. A very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts. Portions of today's programming brought to you by the Camp Apocalyptica Preschool and Target Range. Put your concerns about kidnappers and terrorism to rest. Your children will be safe day or night under cover of a steady curtain of automatic weapons fire. Hearing protection provided. No children over 39 inches tall, please. Camp Apocalyptica Preschool and Target Range. Open 0700 till the last patrol comes in at night.